Welcome, welcome, welcome everybody to the A Little Less Fear podcast. I'm your host for the show, Dr. Lino Martinez. Oh yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to the A Little Less Fear podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lino Martinez, and I'm so happy to introduce our guest today. Her name is Maggie Daniels. She's the author of the poetry book called Swimming that's available at Barnes & Noble, and it's also available in audio and all music streaming services. Oh, hell yeah. Can we get a hell yeah now? She uses poetry and screenplays as a means of therapy to cope with PTSD. She says that the response to both of her films and poetry have been magical. Hell yeah. Welcome, Maggie Daniels. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. You're welcome. You're welcome. So tell us, how did your writing, tell us about your passion. Um, I've always been a poet. Um, I learned how to read through poetry with uh, Silverstein stories from Where a Sidewalk Ends to A Light On in the Attic. And I grew up with dyslexia, so learning to read was kind of a very difficult task for me. And um it was like my first like hurdle as a kid to get over and um, poetry really opened like understanding of every of language to me. Hey, so, Maggie, for people that don't know what dyslexia is, how can we Oh, dyslexia. It? Yeah, it's yeah. a learning. Uh, it's categorized as a learning disability, but I I consider it just a learning difference. Um, every case is different. It's just how my brain understands information and processes information. I just learn differently. Like I don't ever fit into the um, the cookie cutter the cookie cutter system of learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Great. Thank so, you. Yeah. And um, I think it's fucked up how they call it dyslexia. Because how the fuck? How you gonna be like? Oh, y'all can't spell or read very well. Well, here's this fucking word with a right. silent letter and a like and as x like right. when do we use the a letter x like come on dyslexia like calm down yeah. but uh <laughs> yeah that word's always bothered me as someone that yeah it's hard to spell so yeah that's so um, true but poetry has always been a great outlet for me i've always written poetry since i was a little kid um i used to have my mom write stuff down because i couldn't spell it uh so she would just type it out for me and my first poem was published in a magazine when I was in fourth grade, we used to, for a tradition, we would go get our Christmas trees at Christmas tree farm in North Carolina. And I wrote about that. And the farmer published it in their little monthly magazine. So oh, that's starling. publication was fourth grade. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And my mom always uh, was very supportive of my poetry. It was kind of like the only thing she cheered me on in. Um, and I learned later when I was going through her things after she died that she used to write like quite a bit of poetry and so I guess she always we always had that similarity and that's why she really really was uh happy that I flourished in it but yeah and speaking of my mother um writing poetry definitely helped myself like process what grief is like what because when you're feeling, when you lose someone suddenly or any, in any scenario, they, there's just lack of words to what 
you physically and mentally feel like like all I was craving was like what the fuck is happening to me yeah and um I feel like swimming for me was like waving a white flag like giving in to my emotions so um I kind of just leaned in and they they just kind of all flooded out and then I went through a bunch of old boxes and found old poems from like eighth grade through high school and threw some of those in and I just it was like word vomit I just kept writing I've written every day I just kind of went through a like writer block slump during like the Trump presidency I think a lot of creatives were blocked during that time yeah like um just because of the just aggressive negativity that was just surrounding everyone's space during that time totally um but once I got through that um it was like Watergate opened like just poured out and um I'm gonna share some of those examples of that today yeah thank you um the week my mom died was um my 26th birthday the day she was found um that was pretty shitty uh she was 62 and I was 26 um I think numbers are weird I don't know (laughs) wow that's 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 really something actually well the numbers are just flipped around wow yeah I joke with my friends that I'm gonna be a bitch and die on her birthday (sighs) just make things even (laughs) but um yeah um the week she died I just I uh just drove home and uh stayed at my in-laws um, to get to help my aunt like sign it, whatever she needed I just felt like I needed to physically be in North Carolina to feel closer to my mom at the time like I couldn't be all the way across the country with that information so I went home and um, I just started writing at my in-laws house I would just sit on they had a really awesome hammock it was really comfortable they have a couple they have two ponds on their property and one of the ponds had a hammock set up and I would just go and sit in that hammock and just be sad. And I cried a lot. And, um, I just, do you have chapters in your book that are dedicated to this period, this time in your life? Um, Even to like the times when you were younger? Um, yeah, I don't really do chapters in my style of poetry. It's kind of just like, you can rush and roulette my book. You can just open to any page and start from there. Um, it's all over the place. Uh But um, if you read it in order um, from page one all the way through, it gradually builds and becomes more and more personable and more and more, um, I would say, uh, darker inner dialogue and Uh more honest to trauma and grief and everything. Um, It's like if you make it through the first like 20, 30 pages, it's like, all right, now buckle up. We're going to we're going to really rip off the bandaid type thing. And um the the week my mom died the only word that I could describe or that made any sense to me on how I felt was the word empty and so I remember sitting on the hammock and just thinking about how I just felt empty and um I didn't know any other description for that and that's how I got to this poem I'm about to read and it's called empty let's do it empty I can't comprehend much lately. Seems I'm walking into brick walls, blindly unaware of the bruises from the blows, repetitively empty until I'm no skin, just bones. Oh, it's powerful. 
that to me, I just felt like um, it didn't matter what, where I looked or where I turned to, I was always going to get hit with the reality of where I was, of what I was going through. And I just, I, I literally felt like a shell of a person. I felt like I was just a skeleton observing things happening around me. Yeah, like no matter where you turn, there's going to be a wall right in front of your face. Yeah. Yeah. It was shitty. It was shitty. Um, and the further I got into that depression and sadness of loss and everything, um, the, um, the emptiness feeling, I, it filled with pressure. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I had to like get it out. And I, and the only way I could get it out is I just wanted to yell out for my mom. Like she couldn't, like it, she exists, like she has to like answer back. Like I just had, like as a kid, when I was scared, I would like just yell out for my mom, you know, you know, like that, like uh, you wake up in the middle of the night from a bad dream, right. for mom, all that jazz. And, um, I just got this um, desire to just yell. So one night, I um, after my in-laws like went to church or something, they live in the woods. So this is like middle, generally in the middle of nowhere. Um, so I walked in the middle of their property and just like yelled. And were you able to hear like the echo, the whole? Uh, yeah, it just, it felt like, it felt like that pressure was being released um, was being re- at least some way um relieved in the moment mm. not mm-hmm. necessarily gone but relieved okay and um after that um i thought i'd feel better but i i went from like the, the i went from like empty to hollow like the pressure calmed a little bit but the reality kept sinking in and, and what happened once you when you actually when you started to feel hollow? Um, I I processed processed it through with another poem, and I'm gonna read that right now. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Hollow. I'd rip my own heart out just to have you here now. I climbed to the highest building, scream out your name until my lungs collapsed. If it meant you'd answer back, I'd spend every second holding your hand if it would have taken away your pain. I drown myself in the deepest depths if it brought breath back into you. Every day I rip my guts out onto a page. Poetry can't fix how I'm feeling these days. Mom, I'm at a loss for words. Where my insides once were, there's only holes since dad called and said you were gone. My dad what does it feel like now for you to write? What's huh? that? Oh, your father's the one that told you? Yeah, he's the one that called me when my mom uh, was found. But um, I just felt like I needed to just, like, I needed her to answer back. And the reality of her not being able to answer back just kept, like, hitting me. Yeah. And um, that's when I um, realized what I was going, I was like, I got hit with the realization of being like, oh, shit, this is like, this is what grief is. Like, what the fuck? And I just felt trapped in it. Like, it was because it's forever, like, until, until you find out what death is, like, it's forever, right. um, 
And so um, I felt my, I felt the need to like interpret exactly what grief was to me. And this next poem is called Grief. It's called Grief? Okay. Yes. Every few days, there's a knife in my chest. Whenever I start to realize, I'll never see you again. Oof. So, yeah, for, and I feel like until you experience it, you really don't know. It's like, the, like any description for what like sharp pain is or uh, it's just crippling. It, it really is it in every sense of the word. And um, I like to, I like to say that writing this down immediately was like, oh, I feel so much better. Right, right. But not really. And honestly, uh, I, I still work on it like often. Mm -hmm. um, but what feels good is that after writing this down and sharing it with other people is it's brought comfort to other people experiencing the same True. things mm -hmm. and being like, oh yeah, that's what I'm feeling. Like putting oh. words to what the fuck is going on. Yeah. Being and, able to be those words for other people. That's really awesome. Yeah. And that, that feels, that feels pretty good. And people approach me all the time, like, oh my gosh, your poems like help me so much. I'm like, I have this selfish thing. I'm like, oh, that's really awesome. Uh, I hope it works for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Like, it is. You're not aware. You're not fully aware of it, but I feel it's, it's working for you. I can see your, I can see your smile lighting up. So there's definitely some light in there. Yeah. I always, um, I like to call that the bright side. I always end up back on the bright side and, um, that's one of my favorite poems in the book is Bright Side. I'm about to pull it up for you. Just here it is. I always tell people don't worry about me because I always end up on the bright side. I don't know how I get there, but probably uh, drugs, drugs, <laughs> <laughs> definitely a lot of psychedelics and uh, uppers. Um, this one's called Bright Side. Bright Side. Sometimes I lie to myself and say you really mean it. I sabotage my own health in the name of being honest. I daydream away the things that make me afraid. Some nights I even dig my own grave. But oddly enough, when I've run out of luck, I'm always the one still looking up. Yeah! I love that one. <laughs> so yeah, it's all over the board. It's a lot of my inner dialogue. And I promise the whole book isn't just like, I miss my mom. Um, but it's the core of the book. I definitely dedicate the whole book to my mom, my mother. Um, there's there's romance in it, relationship, uh, inner confidence, outer confidence, um, anxiety, um, the you know what what is existing question. You know, am I in charge of this ride or am I you know just hitching one? Was your mother a writer as well? Yes, my mom wrote poetry. Uh, she never published it, but she wrote poems and um, she went to film school for photography mm -hmm. and she was a photography teacher at the University of Pembroke in North Carolina. And then she worked at her own photography business for several years. She was mostly a stay-at-home mom, single mom. My parents separated when I was four. It was really um, traumatic because they didn't really communicate that very well. Mm -hmm. Like my mom sent us to stay, like to go visit my aunt and uncle or one of my aunt and uncles. And so we just went like on like a first like overnight without my parents type thing. And then I came home and my dad was gone. So 
when I was a kid, I couldn't sleep at other people's houses. I'd wake up at two, three in the morning, crying in a panic, thinking I was going to like go home and my mom wasn't there anymore. Yeah. Like, so that was like stage one of abandonment issues. <laughs> Fun. And but how, um, how many years ago, how long has it been since your mother passed? Um, 2019. 2019. So still pretty fresh. Super duper recent. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever feel her? Uh, yeah. All the time. All the time. Um. Are they like feels? What about senses? You know, I've heard people be like, "Oh, I smell my my kid, or I smell my brother." Well, I can't really smell because oh, okay, for drug, for decision making. Uh Um, but no, I feel her. I feel her a lot. When the night I got her ashes was pretty powerful. Um, I I was reading to myself like on my phone that night. I was staying at my in laws, and I was reading on my phone like um. If you find a penny, someone's that passed is like trying to communicate with you or something. I never heard of that. And yeah. it's like a sub, apparently it's like a very common thing in like the South and stuff. Find a penny or a dime or something. And in my mind, I didn't say it out loud, but in my mind, I was like, oh, guess mom didn't get the memo. Cause I was like, I don't see a penny. Uh-huh. Um, and then I just went to bed um, in the middle of the night. I heard something like hit the bedside table and it woke me up. And I all of a sudden got this overwhelming sense of like calm and like safe, like wow. security. Um, and I can only describe it as like when I like get a bad dream and I go crawl in bed with my mom and I'd have to have like my foot or elbow or something like touching her. Yeah. And if I was touching my mom, I felt like I was invincible, like nothing could hurt me. And that's like the overwhelming feeling I got that night. And then I just went back to bed because like I felt safe and I woke up the next morning and right next to my mom's ashes was a penny. What? And I immediately asked my mother-in-law, like, hey, did you come in the my room, like, this morning or anything or last night? And she was like, no, like, blah, blah, blah. Before, when I went to bed, there was nothing on that nightstand. And I, and I was thinking, I was like, oh, the sound I heard last night kind of sounded like a coin dropping on the bedside table. And it got weirder. Because the date on the penny, um, I called my aunt and I was like, hey, what's the significance to 1964? And she just like got emotional. And that was the year she was born. Wow. Because that night, my grand, okay, so my aunt was in charge of like um, the trust and everything and breaking down the will and all that jazz. And my dad was like helping my brother out, like figure out things and stuff. And one was saying one thing of like, this is how this goes. And one and another one was explaining it differently. And that night I was just like talking, like, I don't really understand what's going on. And I don't know who to listen to on like, what's correct. You know what yeah. I mean? And um, like, no, no spiteful intentions or anything. I just was confused. And um, their birth years are slightly different. My dad was born in 63 and my aunt was born in 64. And I feel like my mom left me that penny with her birth year, like, listen to your aunt. Like, that makes sense. Uh, yeah. And yeah, so I don't know. I felt a little weird ever since then because it's just something I can't explain, like how that penny got there. Yeah. And that it's the birth year of my aunt when I was like feeling kind of like, I don't know whose advice to listen to. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it was weird. So, wow. It's, a, it's as if she's like your guardian angel chilling with you and like helping you make decisions 
Yeah, I definitely, I definitely feel that way. Um, cause I met with, um, I didn't like my first like spiritual, whatever, like reading, mm -hmm. with, like, a someone with like a medium or whatever. Yeah. And, um, I'm a little skeptic on that. Like, um, the night I got my mom's ashes that same night I found the penny. I also told my mom, like, if you like, if you still exist somewhere and someone can communicate that with me, they're going to have to say blank, blank, blank. Like mm -hmm. they're going to have to repeat what I tell you tonight in private for me to be like, that's my mom communicating. And I'll be goddamn. This woman came to my house and I was fully prepared to talk shit when she left. Like I was totally skeptic and she had these crystals and she had some candles and she put on some music and it really felt like I was getting like, um, at first, like, uh, acupuncture or something like very professional, very Zen. Mm -hmm. Um, and the first fucking thing that comes out of that girl's mouth is what I told my mom in private when I got her ashes. And I just started bawling like kim kardashian ugly crying could not but like snot coming down like hyperventilating like i was a wreck and since then like you couldn't tell me my mom's not with me oh she's with you yeah like 100 so wow that is a, that that's an incredible like, beautiful religiously but story like, that's such an uplifting story that's it's such an uplifting story thanks so much for sharing this Thanks. Yeah. It's um, really beautiful. So now you've got like a super duper special connection with your mother, that a connection you never thought you would have with her until now. Yeah. And it, it feels, I don't know. It just feels like I, in a sense, have my mom back because my mom's mental health really put a strain on our relationship. Mm -hmm. Just the way uh, she was just negatively react to things um, and her anger issues and stuff like that. But I feel like where she is now or the energy she is now, like separated from her body, her, her spirit has finally like let go of all of those pains, the, like judgments that society yeah. and trauma puts right. in and ruins your perspective on things. Like cool. all the voices that were negative that were planted in her head, it's just her voice now. And my mom was the, the nicest, most creative my like my first friend like I love my mother so much who she was truly as a person one in a million like love her to the moon and back um but she just never got a grip on understanding her trauma and like facing it full on so it kind of ran her life so yeah well, I feel like my mother's at peace so I feel it I feel it for sure Thanks so much for sharing. What an incredible journey this has been for you. Yeah, it feels good. Um, I do wish I could share it. Like, I, uh, I would kill to call her. Um, not having that, you know, that two-way communication directly. The human it's communication. Just, yeah. Yeah. Like, this realm. You know what I mean? Yeah. This dimension. Um, like, like, spiritually, I do feel her. But, oh, man, I, I miss her a lot. And, uh she she wasn't here to see me do my book or my film or anything and um she's the only person i want to share any of it with so it's it's hard it's hard thanks so much for being open and real here yeah, on this podcast it's, it's definitely it's comforting to speak to somebody that's willing to open up and share all their love and all their light the way you just did thank you so much
Yeah, anytime. You know, what else am I doing? <laughs> so what's the biggest thing, your biggest takeaway from everything, from your incredible book to um, connecting with your mother on the other side, to the pain that you've gone through, all your other traumas, and then having a, a screenplay coming up? Like, how does all of this feel all together? What's like one big word that you can use to summarize, if you could? Oh, man. Fulfilling. Feeling, yeah. Feeling. Like I don't feel, I don't feel empty. I don't feel hollow anymore. Um, I feel like I know what my purpose is, and I know what I want to spend my time, like in my human. I I know what I want to do with my human experience. Yeah. Before before we go, tell us your purpose. Um, my purpose is to tell stories, to create, to make art, to express myself, and to help others do the same. And that's what you're doing. And you've inspired me. Maggie Daniels, everybody, on A Little Less Fear podcast. Don't forget to get her book. It's also on uh, audio in all music streaming services. Oh, by the way, did you do your own audio? Um, I recorded at Plan 9 Studios with Mike Henderson. And uh, on the music is composed music composer Corey Campbell and Jenna Desmond out of South Carolina and they are amazing check them out they have a band called Babe Club Baby Club Babe Club yeah oh and <laughs> I love they that. they are some cool babes man I love them so much yeah I want to go to the Babe Club they are All right, Maggie they Daniels. got really cool music videos they yeah. they're a vibe they're a vibe I will yeah. check them out thanks so much for sending us that vibe recommendation I appreciate it magic maggielogic.com and on Barnes and Noble as well. Thanks so much, Maggie. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you.